the kill, and Warner wins the set. Fade away by Moores. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. You know, when you talk about some of the greatest athletes in our state of South Dakota, you have to mention our next guest, a multi-sport athlete at Aberdeen Central. He has the longest held record in South Dakota high school track and field. He was a football and track star at Iowa State and was picked in the first round in the 1973 NFL Draft. We're very pleased to welcome to In Play, George Amundsen. George, a belated birthday, because I know you had your birthday back on March 31st. Yes, I did, Craig. It's so nice to be with you. I just uh, I love South Dakota, and so I appreciate the opportunity to get to talk to you. You grew up in Aberdeen, though. You played football, and you played basketball. You played baseball, and, of course, track and field. Uh, when it came to football, though, uh, you were like linebacker and quarterback. How good was Aberdeen back then in the late 60s? Well, you know, I think we won the ESD my junior year. And then my senior year, I was hurt for a few games, so we lost, I think, four games. And then we were pretty good again. But uh, probably nothing uh, to, uh, you know, Yankton was always good back then. Pierre was always good. Um, so we, we, it seems like we were pretty darn good. You know, I get better every year, though, when we go back and talk <laughs> with the guys. I, I think I we're undefeated, that. you know. <laughs> How about basketball? What did you play in basketball? And was your team good when you played? Well, we went to, let's see, as a sophomore, we went to the the tournament in Sioux Falls, and then my senior year, we lost to uh, Sioux Falls, Washington, the first game, but we came back, so we, we called it getting third, <laughs> so so we, we did pretty good in basketball, too, back then. Well, I'm assuming football was your, your favorite sport. Well, you know, <laughs> I used, it was a, a patented uh, saying I always had when I was asked that, what's your favorite sport? I would always say the sport in season. So track and field was awfully a lot fun. I mean, it was a, an individual sport where if you didn't do well, you know, you couldn't look at the guy next to you and say, hey, how come you didn't make that block or get that <laughs> interception? It was pretty much on you, you know, unless it's a relay. But in the field events, you know, if you're not doing well, you can't look at anyone else. So I, I loved track and field for that aspect. And you could get to know your competitors in track and field. You know, football, basketball, it's, you know, me against you, a team, team. But in track and field, you'd sit around a lot, you know, between flights. And, and you got to know a lot of the guys. So it's, uh, I, I don't know, there was always, uh, in baseball, of course, is, how, you know, what better sport is that, you know, in summertime, you know, it's, it's beautiful weather. You play a double header. We jump in the car, turn the heaters on, and it's 800, you know, it's 90 out. We put the heaters on and drive out to Richmond uh, Lake and jump in the, the, the lake and steam coming off our bodies. I mean, just, uh, it was uh, it was a glorious time. What position did you play in baseball? I played first base uh, at, toward the, the last three years. The first year, uh, I was a catcher, and, and I think I played a little bit of right field. Hmm. But first base was uh, most of the time. But when it comes to track and field, 
George Amundsen with us here on In Play. George, you still have the longest held record in South Dakota at track and field, and it was the discus, 1969 in Spearfish. Take me back to that day. Where were you flighted? I mean, where, where were you the favorite to win that day, uh, that weekend in Spearfish? I have to be careful how I say this because you'll think I'm conceited, but I, I didn't lose as a junior, and this was the end of my senior year, so no one had ever thrown any, you know, beaten me. So I pretty much, you know, if I just do what I do, I would uh, win. But when I got there, they, uh, uh, I think we had two divisions for the, the size of schools. And, and uh, the track, or the discus ring was just outside the track. So I liked that. That way, teammates, coaches, friends could see. But because I was throwing and I had thrown it far, they moved the A discus to some junior high in Rapid City on a mountain. And we all get up there, and there's probably, I don't know, 20 throwers, you know, a few dads and moms, my dad, of course, and, and coaches, Ron Stocking, and, and a few other coaches, and two, two or three judges. And guys were throwing the discus into the wind, and it was just a horrible wind right into it. Some of them just about came back and, to, you know, to where they threw it from. And I started asking around, why are we up here? And I found out from the judges that it was because of me. I said, I don't care. I, if there's a road where we were supposed to throw, I won't throw that way. I'll throw it the other way. And, you know, if he said, well, if you get all the throwers to agree, we'll move. So we talked around and said, heck yeah, because it was just horrendous condition. So we go back down to the track, and now I'm right next to the stadium, right next to my teammates, right next to the coaches. And the wind was perfectly quartering wind. You want a quartering from the left. And I was just, I was on a high just because we got to move back there. And then the, the wind was perfect. And I remember throwing one, and Ron Stocking was my coach, and I still... I love him to death. I still stay in touch with him. Uh, he would never, ever coach me during a meet. He just knew, don't talk to George. But we would throw, and then we'd jog down the side you know, of the arc out of bounds, and kids would throw him off to the side. Mm -hmm. And I was going out, and I bent over to pick it up, and I'm walking back, and, and uh, Coach Stocking was there, and he said, hey, I think that was pretty good. I said, well, I don't know. I don't see any marks. He says, well, Here's here's two hundred and something. That was about thirty seven feet further. <laughs> so that was the first time I knew that hmm, something might happen. What was Pretty the nice longest today. throw in the discus before the state state track? Your longest in throw. Uh, South South Dakota. What was yours? Oh, mine. I think uh, maybe maybe close to one ninety is all. One hundred and ninety uh, feet. And on yeah, that day, you had one throw, two hundred eleven feet, four inches. Nobody in South Dakota had ever thrown that far. In fact, it was a national record as well. Was it on your first, second, or third throw? You know, I'm not sure. I think it was I think it was on the second one because if I recollect, I was feeling so good on that first one that when you're it's sort of like golf, you know, if you take a nice easy swing and you usually hit your best drive. But I, uh, and then when you try to swing a little harder, you hook it or dribble it. So I think I did that the first one, and it, it probably only went 
you know, 200 or whatever until that next one. I just relaxed and just, I could do anything I wanted to with that distance that day. I could, I could have, I probably could have hit, you know, a beach ball out there. If you put it anywhere you want, that's how comfortable I was that day, you know, knowing what the wind was, how to turn the discus either way, you know, to the left or to the right. Oh, gee, it was just, was one of those, you know, if you're a basketball player, one of those, if you, everything you throw up goes in, that's how I felt throwing the discus that day. It was a national and state record, but it was not nationally recognized because they said uneven terrain. So, I know it. so yeah. w- was it uneven terrain? I don't, it didn't seem uneven to me. It was just a big old field. Uh, you know, in the next weekend, I threw it in Aberdeen and threw 201 or 200 feet one inch. And uh, the high school federation don't accept AAU marks. So it was an AAU track needed in Aberdeen. But yeah, I, there was, seemed nothing different when that field than any other field we'd thrown in, except maybe Pier, where I, I threw it over the railroad tracks and hit a ditch <laughs> over there. <laughs> Track and field was uh, was pretty important for you. Um, by the way, how heavy was the disc? Because you know they they've changed the weight of the disc. Uh, I think they've gone no, heavier, they have. haven't they? No, it's all. Oh no, it's the same. One yeah. and a half kilos. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, all right. Three point uh, three pounds or four what? ounces. Or something. Anyway. Yeah, it's one and a half kilos. College is bigger, and in the Olympics, it's uh, two kilos. So it's four something, and then three something in uh, in high school. Did you try? Could you have tried out for the Olympics at the distance? Well, it would have been perfect timing. Uh, I guess seventy two. You know, if uh, I didn't spend the time with track and field, I was too busy doing other things. Also, <laughs> yes, you were. You were. You're doing doing football. You know, prior to the senior summer, the Rapid City there, there was a meet called the, uh, the Gold West Track Meet out in California, where they invite the top eight kids from every event, you know, Hurdles, Mile, Steve Prefontaine was yes, there. Yes, yes. And uh, I won that. I threw 196-something. And uh, so then that was the last time I threw in high school was out there. George Amundsen joins us, by the way. He uh, lives now in in Texas, is from Aberdeen, and one of the great athletes uh, in South Dakota high school. Of course, you, you went on to play football at Iowa State. H- how serious was Iowa State? How early were they serious in you? Well, you know, I wanted to – the reason I went there, I wanted to be an engineer, number one, and I wanted to stay in the Midwest. But Midwest culture, my dad ingrained that into me. Uh-huh. And uh, – Johnny Majors was the second year of, of his coaching tenure, and they're all young coaches, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Joe Avizano, you know, and, and I, I wanted to be a part of a program that was on its way up as opposed to the 71 Nebraska, you know, Cornhuskers or 71 Tennessee Volunteers. And uh, as freshmen were not eligible back then to play varsity in football, so that's a wash. And then my uh, my sophomore year, they moved the, the quarterback from the year before the starting quarterback to uh, defense because I was going to start. I made a deal with Johnny Majors that I could run track and field 
and you know, play football, of course. Oh, how'd you do that? So I'd be at a, like, for example, the Kansas Relays on a Saturday morning. And as I competed and I finished throwing, I'd, I'd jump in a car with a, you know, a grad assistant and would drive me back to Ames and, uh, and play in the spring game. And so my arm was a little bit worked over. I hear I'd be throwing a football as hard as you can. And then, a discus, which is, you know, you know, two and one and a half kilos. And then a 16 pound shot put <laughs> so my arm <laughs> suffered a little bit, but I wouldn't have done it any different. Uh, oh, well then, and then as a sophomore ran, I was quarterback junior year. We had, everyone got hurt. I went to majors and that's my story. Anyway, I think he tells it differently. Uh, but, I was I was running back by junior year, and we went to our first bowl game in the school history, and then you had the single season a, rushing record that year. Yeah, thirteen hundred yeah. yards, and you played in the Sun Bowl. Yep, and then the next year we uh, went back to quarterback, and we went to the Liberty Bowl. So first two bowl games in the school's history, which is pretty neat. Back then there was only twelve bowl games, Greg. And then you had to make a decision if you wanted to go pro. What, what was that decision like? You know, it's a lot different in the NFL draft today, but by golly, Houston called you. Um, what was that What was that process like back in 1973? Well, we, we certainly didn't go to, uh, you know, uh, New York City and sit around and uh, they call your name and you walk out and put their baseball cap on sideways or backwards. Uh, it was pretty much just a call and uh, – Really, there was no decision to make. Certainly, I mean, what other what would you rather do? Play games for a living or get in the real world? So uh, it was uh, no decision to whether whether to or not to uh, go on to play football in the NFL. Had they called you and said we might be uh, thinking about you, or was it a total surprise that day? Because the number one pick that year was John Matuzak, and we all know how great of a player he was. But you, yeah, but, he but Houston one. had another pick in the first round, and that's when they picked you. Yeah, he was one, and I think they call me one A. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I played in all those bowl games, so you had a feel. You know, I played in the uh, East West Shrine game in San Francisco, and then I played in the uh, Hula Bowl, and then I played in the College All Star game. Of course, by the College All Star game, we knew where we were drafted, but uh, yeah, all those. People would come up to, you know, scouts and our, you know, GMs, and you had a pretty, pretty good feel that they were interested in you. Uh, but I, who knew? I mean, I was, I didn't know for sure. That's certain whether I was when I was going to be drafted. But it didn't matter to me. I didn't really care. I just felt if someone wanted me, shoot, if, if they want you, then uh, let's go for it. You know, George, you were used to winning. You were used to winning in Aberdeen. You're used to winning at Iowa State. It wasn't that way that first year in the NFL with Houston. What was going through your mind uh, at that time? Well, it was it was a, a difference, to be very honest. I remember watching Monday Night Football on uh, in college, and uh, it was Houston Oilers against someone, and they were just getting trounced, and they were, they'd only won one game. And they ended up one and thirteen that year. And the camera, it's in the Astrodome. Camera comes right down into this guy. He's got his leaning on the chair with his feet up, 
hat over his eyes and mm-hmm. looks up and I guess he sends the camera and he just sticks up his finger at the camera. I remember that. I and remember Dandy that. Don Merther said, now there's a fan that thinks his team's number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, that so certainly, and then that's the one I get drafted by. So my first year, we only won one game again. And, and you, had coaching, you, had a, you had a coaching change too, because you had Bill Peterson oh. as your coach and then Sid Gilman came For, in afterwards. Yeah. Uh, Bill Peterson was the coach and then, Sid Gilman was the GM, and he was the puppet master because, uh, you know, uh, Bill Peterson made Yogi Berra's mouth props like junior high. I mean, he he, oh, he could do some you know, mixing up of the words. And uh, one time we're at halftime, or no, before the game, and, and, and uh, before we go out, they'd always say, take it on the knee. Not always meant we'd say the Lord's Prayer. And... Uh, and take it on the knee. And uh, Bill Peterson says, uh, I'll do it. You know, usually he'd say, hey, Amundsen or Pastorini, you know. He says, I'll do it. And he goes, and it's just quiet as a tack, you know, maybe some breathing, you know, guys ready to go. And he goes, now I lay me down. <laughs> Our father who are, oh, the place goes nuts. I mean, how are you going to go out now and kick someone's rear end? <laughs> when you got a coach doing that. So one time we go out to warm up. And, uh, oh, that was fun warming up, too. You know, no pads on up in the Astrodome board. I'm throwing the ball around. And I'd always find a kid in the stands and give him a ball. I'd get fined. Was it 25 bucks? Anyway, and we're walking back. And we'd walk back into the locker room, get your pads on, say the Lord's Prayer, and then go back out and play. So we're after we'd warmed up the first time, walking up this long ramp, you know, underneath the Astrodome. I'm kicking my feet over here. And I'm cussing a little bit. And, and the coach puts his arm around, hey, George, what, what, what's wrong? I said, I'm just practicing for after the game. <laughs> so they couldn't figure out why I wasn't serious about the game. I don't know why they thought that. Well, they didn't really use you a lot in Houston. Were, were you kind of frustrated with that? I mean, Oh, you- sure. That first year I was begging to do specialties. You know, before I got there, you know, being a quarterback, you know, maybe a little running back and I'm too good for special teams is what my mentality was. Sure. And by, you know, halfway through the year, not getting to play much at running back, and it really was fullback of all places, you know, not running back. So I begged to get on some special teams. But I started my second year and uh, shoot the first game against the Chargers. I scored three touchdowns in the first first game. I led the league for at least a week anyway. That was about it. I think I scored well, maybe one or two more. What happened after that? Oh, we just uh, – I think the most – well, I know. The most I ever carried the ball in the, in the game was nine times. I need to touch the ball 20, 30 times. Any back will tell you that. So, so then – We just had a really, really horrible line. But then you went to Philadelphia in 1975, and that wasn't any better. What was it like in Philadelphia with the Eagles? Well, McCormick liked me, uh, Mike McCormick. And then, so he liked me. And so I figured the next year, maybe, you know, that was halfway through the year or so I got on. And then he goes off, and he takes another coaching job. And then uh, Dick Vermeil comes in, and he brings all his, you know, people in. And I, I start the first game under Dick from BL preseason, and uh, and then I was gone within a week. Oh. Oh. 
You tried out for tight end, wasn't it, for uh, St. Louis? Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. You know, I, I'm the kind of guy, Greg, that I'll do anything. I mean, just, you know, give me a shot. You know, you want me to play tight end? I'll play tight end. So I tried that. And, and uh, gosh, the, my first year there, uh, J.V. Kane was the other tight Well, J.V. Kane and Jackie Smith were the other two tight ends, and they were thinking about keeping three. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is where I turn around and, you know, great things happen. Mm. And then uh, fourth day of training camp, I blew my knee out. Mm. And two days later, J.V. Kane tears his Achilles. So now they bring in, you know, all these other tight ends. I come back the next year, bigger, faster, stronger. I could say it ended my career. But I had the whole year of rehab. Shoot, I came, anyway. And then J.V. Kane comes back. And from Achilles tear, and no one ever comes back for that, rarely, anyway. Not, not back and in the was, early 70s, no. No. So, And I'm sort of the the jokester, and I would, you know, pretend like I got hit by a guide wire, and, you know, when you run by those those towers <laughs> that hold, the you know, the camper man up there, and pretend I got, you know, clothesline. And uh, Kane, we're running, uh, I think, seven on six or whatever, and he, Right next to me, falls down on the field, but he doesn't. His head hits ground, so I know it's something serious because you wouldn't let your head hit the ground. And he dies on the field. Oh. And then uh, Jackie Smith was, I think, traded to Dallas, and he's now well known for the miss in the end zone. And I guess the super some big game. Yeah, darn it! Uh, I thought maybe that St. Louis, but then they said you're too old, twenty-seven or twenty-eight, whatever. Oh. Get another job. What did you have a, a full time job uh, and play in the NFL? No, uh uh-uh. shoot. The first off season, I went back. I started with yeah, you know, we we're on quarter system, so it was perfect time. Of winter it was a, a, one of the quarters, so I come after football, go there, and then you know go back to training camp. And uh, first year, I you was know, all excited. I had fifteen hours. I ended up with three. <laughs> and then the next year I went back. I'm single, of course, and then I I started the same way. I ended up with six, so that's not even a full year yet. And then I got married, and uh, that's the hardest I've ever worked in my life. I studied every night, you know, and I'd saved all the technical, you know, paper writing class, you know, and the double E's, you know, electrical engineering and you know, mechanical engineering, and saved all that stuff because you know putting it off and heck I think I studied every night but I was married and Terry helped me so yeah you moved to Houston after you played football after football was yeah. all done and uh, pretty much you've been a Texan uh, since football right yeah since uh, 80 you know we we purchased the house in St. Louis and uh, I met a guy down here in Houston that said hey I'm starting a little something why don't you come down and in fact, that was in the Astrodome after the game. You know, Terry, my wife, was in St. Louis, so we're, I'm down here in the Astrodome playing with the Cardinals. And Terry's folks come, and two brothers and sister. And uh, it's my friend said, "Hey, call me. I've got something going." And and, uh, and I'm sure he thought maybe in the summer I would call him, but a couple weeks later I was cut or whatever. And so I gave him a ring, and he came down and started this little construction company. Well, you, then, you you've had success wherever you go, George. You have you've you've uh, of course in Aberdeen, 
playing football, basketball, baseball, and track and field, state track discus record that's still still sitting there. Um, and, of course, you get to play in the NFL. Played at Iowa State. Went to a couple of uh, college bowl games. What is one thing that you haven't done that you've always wanted to do but haven't done yet? I'd like to move back to South Dakota and live there full time. What's preventing you? <laughs> We've got we well, got space I, open. <laughs> I know. I still have a place on Pickerel Lake that I've had for 50 years, and uh, and I go up there every summer. I just I just love it up there. Uh, the people are so wonderful. Um, I'm so dang proud to call South Dakota back to Aberdeen my home. Um, it's, it's just a it's a it's a, it's a special place, and it, it would be nice to be able to get up every day living there. You know, you're uh, you're 70 now, right, George? Just had a birthday. Yes, back I on March that, 31st. That, that big number, yeah. Are you feeling good? Feeling good, doggone it, yeah. Uh, doing well. Uh, feel good. I golf all the time. Still can't do that very well. I keep thinking I'm going to get better, but I don't. <laughs> what do you think about the current state of the NFL? Well, you know, I'm I'm old school, and I it just turns. I don't know if old school is the right word. It turns my stomach when we try to make political statements out of sports. Um, sports or entertainment, uh, granted, it's a job for the ones doing it, but it's just a sport. Um, it, it just, uh, it, now on the bright side, uh, the, the athletes are getting bigger, faster, stronger. It's fun to watch. Um, sports are, are, are a sidelight. It, it was, it was a way I got a great education. And many of these athletes have had that opportunity too, whether they take advantage of it or not. It's I still watch it, but then when I see some knucklehead thing go on, I <laughs> I would wonder what your touchdown dance would be, though, George. Well, <laughs> I had it prepared. Uh, you know, of course, Billy White Shoes was down here by second year when I was playing full time, so he sort of took the thunder with those. You know, that little. Uh, Billy Johnson, you know, awesome. the white shoes. It was awesome. That, <laughs> anyway, so we're in the Astrodome, and, of course, they play baseball right up for while we're playing preseason games in the first game of the year or whatever. And, so there's, and there was skin on the infield, of course, right, dirt. So they would take plywood with ostracus nailed to it and put it over that for the, the Sunday football game. Mm. So... Uh, it was my first time. I, I, it was a swing pass from uh, uh, Lynn Dickey. Caught it on the side that I should say I ran over three guys, but I didn't. I was open and I ran into the end zone. And just as I'm getting ready to, to cross the goal line, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to slam this ball so hard because up until now, you could never do that in college. It was a it was a penalty for spiking it. So I, I, I got it under my arm now, and I crossed the goal line. I, I raised my arm up. I'm just going to slam it. It's going to hit the top of the Astro. I hit those plywood boards. I start bouncing like I did in basketball. Boom, boom. And I go to throw the ball. And all of a sudden, I, my feet go out. And I come down and I land on my bottom at the ball <laughs> at the same time. That was my big fight. Last question yeah. for you, George. 
1969 in Spearfish, that discus throw, 211 feet, 4 inches. When you, when you hear that, what comes to your mind? Well, I, I, okay, I do remember something that, I, that I'd never felt up until then was when I stood up on the podium to get your, you know, the, the medal, I, I saw, gosh, it had the stadium there, and there were tiers up on the side of the hill where it was like a parking lot or parking. And there was cars all lined up. And I remember looking up there, and everybody I saw was standing up on the parking lot and their cars and waving. And uh, that was a pretty, oh, gosh, a, a neat feeling for a young guy to get some feed, positive feedback from, uh, you know, an athletic event. Uh, it was it was pretty neat. A big standing ovation, you know, as a high school kid was was pretty neat. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been in play with me, Craig Madden. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.